0: Welcome to the Magic of Compassion. I'm Little Wu, and this week's topic or question is, if you're an empath and a recovering rescuer, how to handle it when your partner is feeling depression? First, let's look at the general tendencies of an empath. Very sensitive to uh, the, other people's emotions. And also sensitive to environmental stimulation like uh, loud noises or lots of you know, activity they really need their quiet time they also need their alone time and they are very uh, happy in nature they tend to be very um, connected to their own feelings and also very perceptive around other people's feelings. Now, the the additional things that empaths experience are that they not only sense your feelings, their own feelings, but they also pick up all kinds of other energies from the environment. So they can actually pick up other people's physical discomforts or symptoms. Uh, So if they're around someone who's not feeling well or sick, they can actually pick up exactly what that person's feeling on a physical level. And so they might even start displaying some of the ailments that others are experiencing. So that can be very difficult for an empath. They're also very sensitive to other people's pain and suffering in a way in which it makes them really kind of want to reach out and help all the time. Um, so being a rescuer is very common, being a healer or a counselor, uh, because people just also gravitate towards you as an empath. They can feel that you know and understand what they're sensing and feeling, so they tend to come to you uh, with their problems, with their emotions, and really you know open up even though you know, you're not inviting it directly. It's just a sense that you're an empath. As psychiatrist Judith Orloff says, some empaths have profound spiritual and intuitive experiences with animals, nature, or their inner guides. I also want to give a definition uh, that you can find online for the term rescuer. A person who saves someone from a dangerous or difficult situation. If you are an empath, then it's actually not surprising that you might also be a rescuer because if you're very sensitive to how people are feeling or hurting, then you're going to have a tendency to want to fix, repair, or help, um, want to rescue people from their pain and suffering. So there are two practices that I highly recommend for an empath who is also a rescuer. Um, And in this case, this question is around having a partner who's dealing with depression and, and how to handle that. And so these two practices really help you ground yourself and permit you to be in the proper space to be the best kind of help to someone you love the first practice is the art of the real namaste now you might have heard the term namaste before maybe you're very familiar with it through yoga or other spiritual practices Uh, there's a hand gesture that comes with it where you bow and it comes from the Sanskrit word that is uh, very difficult to translate in English and there's these beautiful words that have profound meaning in Sanskrit that takes many, many words in English to explain. A common translation of this Sanskrit word is that when the divine in me recognizes the divine in you, we are one and this is a very beautiful way to perceive it but the practical use of it beyond just a gesture in yoga or meditation or other practice it is a practice of seeing truly your own divinity and remembering the other person's divinity as well even when they are suffering in their physical form and so even though it's very difficult to observe suffering in the world it's important to practice observing them each person as a divine being is in a physical form, and that they have a divine lesson that they are trying to learn in this moment. You are remembering that amid their suffering, they also have great, tremendous power and ability to connect with their source and access their own intuition and guidance, and so it's a very empowering way to perceive yourself and others. And when someone looks at you and believes in you and trusts in your power, it feels so much more than when they look at you as a victim and feel pity or sadness for you. And so that statement is not just a a, a fluffy idea, it's a true deep practice that allows you to elevate your empathy to a state of remembering or a state of empowerment and a state of empowering others to be who they truly are even when they're going through deep struggle and pain. The second practice is to remember to remove your own triggers and pains from other people's struggles. So this person, if they're going through depression or going through some kind of suffering, then they're going through a life teaching. And you're not going to be able to change or remove that teaching. The second lesson is about removing your pain from someone else's pain. To remove your lesson from their lesson. And this is a very difficult thing for an empath to do because you're feeling so much what they're feeling that you can sometimes find it hard to distinguish what is yours and what is theirs. And so your your work as an empath is to remove your triggers, your suffering, your fears and anxieties, and what is difficult for you in witnessing um, all that, to remove that from their experience so that it's cleaner for them and so that they end up with just what they're going through. And yes, you can hold empathy outside of that range but you're actually not going to mix up and fog up their results and their experience with all your stuff. So part of the second practice is trying to catch where your patterns are, what dynamics you have with them, what can you remove as an emotional trigger, what kind of reactivity can you remove? And if rescuing is a real pattern, then how can you avoid the rescue pattern? Whenever we try to rescue or take responsibility for someone else's pain, suffering, or their well-being, then we're actually getting too much involved. We're trying to actually, in some ways, take away their lesson. But what we're doing instead is not ever taking away their lesson. We're just prolonging their lesson, and we're adding another layer of pain to their lesson, which is our stuff. However, I want to highlight the power of entanglement as well, because when you mix your lessons with someone else's lessons, or you entangle your pain with their pain, there is a teaching from that entanglement. Here's an example from my life. Um, many many years ago I had a very close friend who lost their job and was going through a period where they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with their life so I started to loan them money on a month-to-month basis to help them have a little bit more breathing room so that they didn't have to just take any job that they hated but to actually have more space and more energy to look at what they really wanted to do with their life and their skills My issues of feeling like I need to be always a kind person and helpful person if I don't do these things and I'm not a good person was tied into his feeling of I want to be independent but I keep needing help and doesn't feel good. And so then our entanglement continued until I finally realized, no, I need to trust that whatever happens will happen, that both our highest goods are served when I remove my pain from their pain. And so when I did that, removing my financial support, it was very difficult for a while, and it it required a lot of trust. Our friendship survived this, but our roommate situation did not. That was a very powerful entanglement, but it also taught us when we disentangled. Being an empath is a huge gift, and the desire to help is very natural, and it's just about finding these energetic boundaries and different mindsets that allow us to empower ourselves and others and find the best way to help rather than get involved in enabling patterns that are defeating for both parties. Send you many blessings for the teachings that you are currently experiencing and the courage that it takes to go through these with all the love in your heart. Mwah. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're curious about my one-on-one sessions, workshops, or online classes, visit littlewood.org. Lots of love.